You are listening to the Legal Community Podcast, hosted by Guy Remond and Dave Zampano, powered by Guider. Guider provides self-service online legal documents supported by your local attorney. Fast, affordable, and in your own time. For more information and resources, please visit guider.legal and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Legal Community Podcast. Today, we are joined by Dave Zampano and Guy Riemann. Today's topic is branding. We just got off of episode 15, which was marketing. It was so great. We had so much momentum. We're talking branding now. So, gentlemen, welcome. And uh, I can't wait to hear about this whole branding discussion. And I think we're going to share some of our own personal experiences with branding as well. (laughs) Yeah. Again, as the resident lawyer here on the call, I always like to talk about branding means something different to everyone, right? It it means something different than Guy. I'm sure Lisa reminding that the listener that Lisa is the head of marketing for us in, in several organizations. And so has been working with lawyers exclusively for the last 15 or, or some years. And so when we think about branding, how does that really differ from marketing? How does that really differ from advertising? Right. And I think that's really a great topic. When you look at branding, what stands out for you? What distinguishes it for you? So I think the first thing to to talk about is the fact that branding in my opinion, comes first. So when you start a company, you, you have to think about the branding. And in an ideal world, it's not always possible because of, of, of costs and everything, but in an ideal world, you bring in a branding person. And again, it doesn't have to be a big marketing company that's going to charge you tens of thousands of dollars to, to build this brand. It can be a contractor who comes highly recommended from, from other people that you know, and you, you, you use them and you work with them collaboratively to come up with some branding concepts and then see what kind of works, really. Can I start with a quick story? Do you mind if I if you <laughs> I indulge, indulge me? <laughs> let's, well, let's see. Let's hear stories. So this is real-life story, So, and this is warts and all. So my previous company was a company called Cake Solutions. Yep. And I was young and naive. My business partner was young and naive. Neither of us had run a business before on our own, as it were. It was, we always worked with somebody else. So we didn't really know what we were doing. So we, we spent probably three months while we were still in our previous job thinking about what the branding would be, what the logo would be, and all that kind of stuff. And it was back in the days of Amazon was just just come to onto the market. And there was a company in the UK called Jungle.com, which was another e-commerce type offering like Amazon. So it was, a, it, was a, it was the era of wacky names. Uh, rather than GR and RH consulting, which probably were the traditional uh, way of doing things. So we decided we wanted a memorable name, a wacky name. And and actually, the reality was that I won't go into all the graphic details, but my business partner went out on a night out, met a bunch of girls at, at the pub, got talking to them, and he came back the next day slightly foggy and said, Guy, we pretended we were a boy band when we were talking to these girls and we had to come up with a boy band name. So they came up with Cake. So that's how Cake was formed because he came and said, what about Cake? That's a great name. Everyone will remember Cake. Everyone loves Cake. It's got all the right connotations. It's memorable. It's short. So we we went online and Cake.com, and again, this is in the days when domains were up for silly money, was up for sale. Cake.com, we could have bought for a million dollars. Now, Given that we had $15,000 to start the whole business, that was it. 
then that was obviously not going to fly. So we came up with Cake Solutions and we built the Cake Solutions brand. But the actual irony of everything was that whenever we spoke to anyone for the next 17 years before Cake was acquired, we were always referred to as the Cake guys or the Cake team. So the Cake Solutions thing didn't matter, but it was a great name and it worked really well for us. It was memorable. People didn't remember Guy Raymond, but they'd remember Cake. Lisa. I just, I'm sorry, but my marketing brain is going crazy right now. Please tell me that you integrated cakes somehow into relationship building or anything of some sort. <laughs> yeah, we had a cheesy line at one point when we first started it that said something like, your vital ingredient for your e-business or something along those lines. So there's loads of kind of cheesy lines we could have used, but actually the name on its own just did the trick. We, we concentrated on them building our expertise in the marketplace uh-huh. and, and getting that message out there. And the, the name was just associated with the people that were writing books at that point because blogs hadn't come along. But when blogs came along, we, we started to write blogs and all that kind of stuff. So we built the brand organically there, which is actually very different to the business that you know we're building at the moment. And Illegal here in Moral Cab. Here I am listening to the tech guy who created a company based on what his partner did in a nightclub. But uh, hey, <laughs> brilliant company. And you can tell he was still foggy. That's my favorite I think there's a story. lot of stories like that out there. You just don't know. Well, one of the side backgrounds before I get into my point legally is, again, just to remind people, Guy and I have been working together now for we're coming on two years. We've met once. He's in the UK. I'm in New York. And uh, it's just a reminder that that we're in a new world today. And I always say to Guy, I cannot wait to come to the UK and share a drink with you in a pub with our wives. Because that's that's what I think of when I think of the UK, right? Pubs. I'm, I'm coming to Miami first. I'm just want to put that yeah. out there. I'm definitely <laughs> coming to Miami first. <laughs> love it. Love it. So let's get the lawyer here. So some lawyers might be gone. Guy said something very, he said they were all excited to use cake. And then they went and it was already taken and he could acquire it for a million dollars. So there's similar experiences that Guy and I experienced with our company we created. We Our name, Guider, is what you all know, and it's our favorite name, but it wasn't our first name. We had actually started under another name, and we loved it at the time. But me being the lawyer said, hey, we better do a quick IP check, intellectual property check. So I had my IP attorneys looking. The name we were using was already taken and being used in some other industry. To give you a context, Many of you know that I'm the founder and owner of a national legal organization called Lawyers with Purpose. My attorney sent me a notice about a month ago saying there's a new application to protect the name Mary Smith, the Purpose Lawyer. So I get notification of that. She gets a legal letter from my counsel saying, hey, you can't use that. That's our name. And so one of the things that's really important for us as lawyers to remember that, if again, Lawyers themselves, the industry itself doesn't line itself to have trade names. In fact, many states don't even permit trade names for lawyers, but that's changing. Some states do now. So I love trade names. Here's why I want to just say, as you build your brand, most lawyers want to make it about them, the Smith Law Firm. I, 20 years ago, changed my firm to the Estate Planning Law Center. Because I didn't want it to be about me because when I go to sell that, that becomes a brand that's saleable, okay? And so if Dave Zampano is the name of the firm, that's not saleable, right? Because if I want to retire, 
that's not saleable. So I think the important thing for us to do in a brand is make sure it's fresh, usable, and make sure it translates to something that could be sold. Uh, there's a lot more to branding. I'm going to ask you, Lisa, but let me make this comment. Getting more into the branding, what is branding? Branding is everything we do, isn't it? It's our colors. It's our. It's how we dress when people come into the office. Here's what I've always said, Lisa, and I'd love you to give your perspective on this. When I'm training the lawyers, I say branding, you know your branding by what people think when they hear your firm's name. That's your brain. What would you say, Lisa? Absolutely. Guy and you made some very valid points about branding. And I do want to just circle back to what Guy was saying is you're starting up a business and you're thinking of a name, right? And goes back to you, Dave, with the IP and research and whatnot. And even to what you say about the apparel, right? Your brand, step one is the logo, the look and the feel. How are you showing up? It's a simple thing, getting the logo, getting these things and called a brand guideline. It's just staying consistent with the font type that you're using, the colors that you're using, maybe some imagery. It can be very simple. So I don't want lawyers that are listening to this getting overwhelmed. You might have a logo right now and maybe it just needs a little bit of a refresh or it needs to be structured and organized where you have the appropriate file formats and files. So Going to your point about impression, Dave, that when you're having apparel printed or you're putting your logo on different things, they don't look different because I think we all have seen it where people show up, there's five different version colored reds, right? It's the hardest color to match up. So there's that. And then in terms of what you were saying, Dave, for first impression, absolutely. Your brand is how you show up, how people are showing in the marketplace, what they think when they hear your name. What's that legacy you've left in the marketplace when they hear estate planning law center, for instance? You know what comes to mind for me? Again, lawyers listening will relate to this instantaneously. Have you ever gone into a lawyer's office? What's it look like? I'm not talking about the main office. I'm talking about their office. Files all over the floor, all over the desk. Now, just out of curiosity, what do you think the third party looking at that thinks when they see this mess? And I know you're busy. You're cool. We're lawyers. You're so smart. You stuff everywhere. Look, you know what that looks like to people? It looks like, oh, my gosh, this guy's a trainer. And I'm going to trust my legal work to him or her. Mm -hmm. Again, don't take it personal, but take it personal, okay? Don't bring them in your office. Have a separate meeting room that's kept clean. That's how you keep your brand. Don't bring them into where your chaos is. Don't bring them into all that. Help them see. Now, again, that's what we do at the operational level because I'm an operations and systems guy. What are we doing internally? What does our entrance look like? Everyone in my organization, I'm known. I've been on TV for 20-something years. I can't go to the mall. I can't go out to restaurants without people walking up to me like they're my best friend and I don't even know who they are. And every one of them knows me because every time commercials are filmed, they're filmed in my lobby. My lobby has hardwood floors and a grand piano. Everyone knows the grand piano. Now, the story they don't know is the grand piano was a gift for one of my clients, but they know grand piano, hardwood floors. They see that reception. They have a vision and a version of who Dave Zampano is in his law firm. So that's what we have to take. But there's also what the consumer sees in our advertising. So if you could take a second and shift and, and guide your inputs, advertising versus branding, right? We talked about marketing in the last podcast to the extent that comes in. Give a quick summary to say how these all kind of tie together. Branding is the big picture. I see it. It's a big thing. It's the rule book you're playing by. And then the plays in the rule book are the marketing and the advertising. What say you, Lisa and God? 
You're absolutely right. The the marketing is what you do once you have your your brand and you use your brand in your marketing. And you, if your marketing is effective, you become famous for your brand. And your brand is, as Lisa said before, it's the font style, it's the colours, it's the logo. And there's a really important one actually there, and this is one of the conversations we've had relatively recently as we were building our brand we have to make sure the brand is inclusive in this day and age so that's a really important point as well we had a guided character and what we decided was that we needed a range of guided characters that represented the whole community and it didn't alienate anybody so there's there's a whole raft of things to think about as well as the colors as well as the fonts as well as the logo then you know the inclusion and the diversity aspects as well and then how you use that brand in the marketplace and and another point actually is that lisa mentioned the branding pack and that's really important because this you build your business Almost invariably nowadays, part of building that business will be collaborating with other companies. And you want to make sure that your brand is represented in the right way when they're talking about you. So if they want to put your logo on the website and some text, you want to make sure that that they're using the right logo. And there's a variety of logos. You know, if it's a white page, you might need a translucent kind of logo. If it's it's a red page, you might need something that works on red. If it's a a black page and so on. So you need a range of logos that people can select the right one that fits with what they want to do with it and the text that supports it. Now, if you've got the company description, you want that represented in the right way so people and make it easier for people, right? So they they're not making it up themselves and kind of misrepresenting you, or not on purpose, but because they don't know your business as well as you do. So again, the marketing patch is really important because most modern businesses now build their business through collaboration. Lisa. Lisa, I want to go, Lisa, let me make one comment for you. I forgot to say something I want you to address while you address these other issues. I think as part of the brand, another thing that people should think about and why I know you and I have done it many times is taglines, right? So as I talk about that piano, my tagline is in my law firm is it's all about family. So everybody knows I'm the family guy. It's all about family. In my national law firm, it's protecting the personal financial freedom of families. So what taglines, how do those fit into a brand versus advertising? Yeah. So everything that, we were, that we've that we been talking about is the first step of the strategy. So I'm going to pull back to what we had talked about in the previous podcast, right? And like I said, step one is the brand. And everything that he just described is what you need to do. And either you find your who internally to lead it, and you find a who externally that might have that level of expertise that will bring you to the end, that will bring you to where you need to be. Then you go into the marketing like we were talking about earlier in the previous podcast, where uh, how are you showing up in the marketplace at a, at a in an organic type of way? How are you blogging? Are you asking for the referrals? Are you getting testimonials? What kind of quote unquote free tactics or very inexpensive things can you do? And then we go into this world of, called advertising and advertising is a whole other podcast unto itself, but basically it's where we're spending the dollars to generate the leads. And there's so many questions that you have to ask yourself when before you make that investment. And as lawyers, one of the biggest mistakes that I've seen is they come to the table, they're in a panic, and they need leads, and they're going to spend dollars, and they're going to cherry pick certain packages. They have no plan. They have no path. They're just going to, this thing just came across my desk, like Dave, you were saying, this email came through, and it said, instant money, right away, click to get. And what we find out is 
there's a lot of backstory behind it. So sometimes we have lawyers that just decided during COVID to transition into estate planning and they were traffic court or they were litigators. And so they're suffering from brand recognition. <laughs> they're suffering from knowing in the marketplace and they, they think that they're going to go spend these dollars and they're going to get instant leads and they can start doing estate planning. So there's so many things that have to happen inside your business before you spend that dollar to generate that lead. You know, Lisa, one of the things I think back about, I want to go back to, because I think this is something lawyers are specifically subject to. And that is this whole idea of where do we spend money, right? Mm-hmm. So where do, we spend, where do we spend money? As I remember, Lisa, so many law firms you work with nationally from our organization and outside our organization, they come and say, I, I need leads. Can you do this for me? And, and you say, look, I can, but here's what's going to happen. You're going to get leads. Some are going to be okay. Some aren't. And it's gone. The money's gone. I'd rather take the $5,000 and build you a good website that becomes an ongoing lead generator. Absolutely. Because a good website could be an ongoing lead generator because someone needs to get to your website. That could be doing your marketing and sales for you when you're sleeping. So yep. but that's the first step. But people go, everybody's looking like, well, how do I get a good cheap one? No, 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 no. It, it's not about cheap. It could, it, cost isn't the thing. It's what does your website need to do? And I know that's a whole other podcast, right? Lisa? But I, that's what I found. That was it. From the outside, listening to the lease over the years, how you spend your money, there's what I call buckets of pipeline. You're spending on a bucket. Okay, you throw money at something, the bucket gets full and the bucket gets empty, that's over. Or do you buy, build a pipeline so that the leads continually come? I always like to build a pipeline and then use buckets to fill the pipeline. So, you know, if you imagine a pipeline and then some caverns along the way where you can pour the buckets into it to make the pipeline even bigger, that's what I like. I like building the pipeline. The websites have pipelines, things where people can use in the day. They're working for you when you're not, even when you're not spending money. Yeah. Guy, do you have any insight on on that? It seems like our thought processes are aligned. And one of the things is it doesn't matter what industry you're in. The the process is the process, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the principles of branding, the principles of marketing, the principles of sales are the same in most industries. There's, they're just nuanced depending on what angle you're coming from, really. My, my kind of, I suppose my closing, because I know we're coming to the, the end of this podcast, my, my kind of closing thought for, for, from a branding perspective is that, again, I said this about marketing, and I think it's absolutely the same principle uh, for branding is it's the who, not how. And in my experience, you need a particular type of person with a particular type of brain that's wired in a particular way who is creative, but also has that commercial acumen as well. And they're, they're kind of rare. So I would concentrate when you're doing your branding on finding your who. It doesn't have to be a company, as I said before, with the marketing. You don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars on this. VP came up with a, a logo they apparently spent a million dollars on, didn't they, with the firm to come up. And it's, you know, it just looks like this to me. It's kind of something that you could have perhaps done in, in school. And I'm not sure how you can justify spending a million dollars on that kind of thing. But you, you do need to think really carefully about branding and you do need a particular type of person. And it's probably not you. So find you who, work with them and offer your opinion, but let them do their thing and come up with several brand ideas and pick the one that you really like. And then that leads everything. Like I said, that leads to marketing. The marketing then in turn drives the sales and the sales drive the success of your business really. Mm-hmm. And guy, in closing, I just want to clarify, because I know we mentioned in the last podcast, but not this one, 
we talk openly about teacher who, and it's about who, not how. That is a great book. If you haven't read it, Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy wrote the book. Uh, it was published here in 21. Who, not how. I recommend you read it. It's really a great concept of how to get things done without you having to do it. It's about getting the right things. So, so thank you all for being here. Lisa, I kick it back to you. And close. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you. It was a, another great conversation all about branding. So for everyone listening, you can always go to guider.legal to listen to all of our podcasts and join our community. Thanks. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Legal Community Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at guider.legal for more information and please review and share this show. We'll see you next time.